you know, listen, I, there's some, I'm always in a rough spot here in terms of like, um, uh, privacy and stuff like that. But, and I, I do sometimes get in trouble when I talk about Artie, but I would tell you this, I'll, you know, listen, um, he's, he's sober and he's just trying to put it all together right now. And, um, Hello and welcome to another edition of Here's the Pitch, sponsored by Masses Restaurants in St. Louis. Five locations, stlmasses.com is our website. I'm your YouTube friend Brad, and on the line today I have a new friend, Jimmy Palumbo, star of hundreds of movies and TV shows and commercials, but of course you know him from the cult classic Beer League. And they call it a cult classic when it when it gets a few views, right? <laughs> That's what, it, you know, it's got to get, I would rather have it be a, a, a worldwide hit than a cult classic. A uh, cult classic in Latin means uh, nobody made any money. But uh, it's certainly, uh, to my fans of Beer League, they they absolutely love it. So, And I loved it too. You know, I was part of Beer League from the very beginning. We did a short film and called Game Day, which was directed by my friend Mike Ruane. And I already wrote that with him. And that led to... Frank Sebastiano getting involved, and then all the cool cast, and Ralph Macho, and my buddy Deej. And we made this movie, and I I played the iconic Johnny Trino, who bat 706. I brand, too, on my podcast. Uh, and uh, no, it was a great experience. I just, I love it. And we're doing, um, we're doing like a Beer League 2 series thing. Uh, and hopefully um, that will come out soon. Not 100% sure when yet. But I'll know. I'll let everybody know. Okay, so that's why we're here. We're going to talk a lot about your career and a lot of things you've done. But <clears throat> so I went back and watched Beer League for the first time, probably since I saw it back in '06, and it's funny. Uh, it's just hilarious, though the 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 way the world has changed <laughs> since 2006. You go back and watch it. It's not yeah. I, not not real uh, women friendly, I'd say, uh, or other friendly. You can't say a lot of the. I mean, you can. You can say a lot of the things you guys said. But I don't see many studios wanting to be part of it. But uh, it's 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 yeah, got I mean, that it's got your guys's uh, voice for sure. Well, it's 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 listen, it's locker room talk, and when women are aren't around, uh, guys sit around and talk, and that's how they talk. I think that still goes on today. It's just not broadcast in a film anymore. Uh, same thing with women. I you know, listen, I have some women friends. They go get they get with their girls and have a couple of cosmos at the bar. And they, they, they talk about all kinds of stuff, too. You just don't see it up on the screen or TV anymore. So what are we, what are we doing? What's, I, I saw, this is how we got a hold of you. Beer League 2, I saw, was kind of in the works and some shorts. Yeah, and so know, tell me. We shot some stuff, uh, but there's a little bit of a, le a legal wrangle. Uh, people don't know that Beer League was the, the, the money end of it, and the back producers and the original distributor. All kinds of stuff going on there, and they're all out of business. Uh, but I was able to locate the original investors. It turns out I kind of knew them anyway, and they they want to see this go through. But unfortunately, there's like legal who has the right to do what. So we're really close to getting that. Of course, we shot the stuff already, so we're ready to roll with it. But I think we're gonna we're trying to figure out how we're gonna um, how we're gonna you know uh, put it on the internet. You know, we're gonna make it like a Facebook or uh, Instagram series to start, and see if guys like you go, "Oh my God, this is great," or guys like you may go, "Oh my God, this is awful." You know, uh, Artie is not in it as of now, um, but I'm still very close with Artie. And whoa, 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 whoa! It says Artie Lang's Beer League in the title. Uh, that, that not this, 
Yeah, not that, well, listen, I would love to have Artie in it, but um, which leads us naturally to what's going on with Artie. I'm sure that was your next question. Uh, I wasn't going to ask. No, I will ask. Yeah, you will. You were You were going to ask who you can. Um, uh, you think I'm, is that my first rodeo here? No, listen, I, I love Artie. Um, we incorporated his character into the script. Uh, we incorporated Ralph Macho's character. Into the script. Ralph was like more open-minded, but he was like, let me see what you guys come up with kind of thing, which is fine. I'm friends with him too. He's a good guy. Um, you know, do we necessarily need Ralph Macchio? No, but we definitely need the big man. Uh, but Artie is, um, you know, he's um, just not quite ready to make his comeback. Um, and he knows what's going on. That's why we kept his character in the, in the, in the series. And uh, the minute Artie wants to hop back in, it that's, would be instant. He gets thrown right in and he's back and he's in it. So, um, but uh, it's just a lot of fun. You just get to see the guys. We got everybody else and you get to see where are these guys 16 years later. Obviously, we're fat, we're balder, and we're, uh, and uh, so it's stuff like that. It's all fun. There's no, it's just a bunch of guys talking at the bar. Uh, we got Maganelli. And once we have Maganelli, to me, the key character was Maganelli. Um, you know, without Manganelli, you don't really have, uh, you know, beer league as well. But Artie, Artie will be in, involved soon enough. I, I, I promise you that. So you've, you've mentioned him. Let's update at all. I mean, he was on Cameo. He wants you to say happy birthday, Riley. And uh, I know you've been going through some challenges at work. And uh, don't lose that smile that he fell in love with, all right? Your exemplary work ethic, you'll get through the stronger and noted even more favorably by your bosses. All right? So just know that we love you. I love you. Okay, Riley? That's very important to know. So listen, the hell with challenges at work. You're going to get through them fine. Everything's going to be fine. And uh, I know you got a great smile. Brad loves it so much. So keep up that smile. Keep up the good work. And noted even more favorably than your bosses is going to be what happens. All right? You got an exemplary work ethic. We saw him kind of doing a podcast. He sort of stopped. Looked like he was doing yeah, well. Um, well, you know, listen, I, there's some, I'm always in a rough spot here in terms of, like, um, uh, privacy and stuff like that. But, and I, I do sometimes get in trouble when I talk about Artie. But I would tell you this, I, you know, listen, um, he's He's sober. And he's just trying to put it all together right now. And um, he's, uh, you know, when you when you had a long, uh, long time of drugs and, and drinking and all that stuff, and you finally do cross over that barrier, it just takes you time to put it all together. You know, he's got a loving family. They're supportive. Um, he's got uh, loving friends as well. Uh, he's got a loving fan base. And uh, it's just a matter of uh, him really kind of putting it all together. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. And it's sad because you see him and he comes back and he looks good. Um, and then kind of goes away. And then that, that becomes that, well, what happened, you know, because it looked like he was doing well. So I assume or hope that he was, um, he, he looks, he looks good. Obviously, you know, he looks good. He's got a little nose issue that's got to be worked on, but, um, he looks healthy. I mean, you know, he's not really fat anymore and he looks good. Uh, except for the nose. And people always ask me, how's his nose? I'm like, well, you know, he'll, he'll eventually get that worked on and stuff. So I'm probably saying too much. But listen, I love Artie. And anybody involved with Artie knows that. Matter of fact, I used to hate. Um, you know what? I'll say something. I don't care. I'm 57 years old. Where am I going? I 
I used to hate, um, you know, there was an Artie Lang before Howard Stern. There was an Artie Lang before Man TV. I worked with him in a sketch group. And Artie Lang was the funniest guy. He's the funniest guy I've ever met. Now, people talk about all the Howard Stern stuff. Okay. Yeah, he was great on Stern. I get that. But Artie was a force on the stage doing sketch comedy. Um, that's why when he got to Mad TV, he probably had the least amount of experience. And he dominated that show, too. If you watch back the old sketches, uh, and that cast is great people, but Artie was, listen, anytime Artie gets involved, he's like Michael Jordan. Um, you know, sitting at the bar with Artie, we'd laugh. Uh, we would giggle. The two of us ended up sitting in the corner just laughing imitating Yankee announcers doing all he's the funniest guy. just forget about the, the, the TV work he's the funniest guy I've ever met and then of course he got mad TV <clears throat> which was awesome and we went out there for the taping we felt like somebody popped you know somebody made it which was cool and then our show got signed by NBC I live on tape was the name of the show we, we got a, a huge development deal uh to be on uh NBC after on Friday nights and stuff, late at night, sketch show. So the two of us, two jackasses from Jersey came out of this, and Artie, you know, and Artie was just kicking ass, but Artie ran into some personal, you know, issues, and uh, the rest is history. But he got on Stern, and uh, he was just great on there, the number one radio show of all time. And it, it, there's two kinds of people with Howard Stern. There's people that say, oh, I miss the old Jackie the Joke Man days. And then there's people that say, oh, the Artie Lang years on Stern were the best, you know, by far. And uh, I tend to agree with that. Um, but I will say that I'm not a Howard Stern um, aficionado. I was not, uh, if anything, I was listening to I Miss More in my house for whatever reason. I don't know why. My brother had it on. I don't even know. It just was. AM radio, maybe. I don't even know. Um, but I, I listened to it uh, uh, when I lived in L.A. when Artie was on. And Artie did a great job on that show. And um, his stand-up was great, and so you know we could talk. I could, I could talk about Artie until uh, the cows come home. He's a good guy. Um, he's got a uh, he's he's got a loving soul, and um, many people have had interactions with him personally. Will will tell you Artie Artie's a good guy, you know. But listen, people run into some problems, and they, they got to work them out. It's just gonna take some time. Yeah, I we he. Good guy. Yeah, we talked a little bit yesterday, a little bit about just uh, I've met him a few times. I'm not sure if he was under the influence at that time, but he was super sweet and super nice to me. Um, the dark side of the comedy uh, thing came out, and he was featured. And I was I interviewed his author of his books, and I my question that as as I was watching, I was like, I wonder if Artie likes that this is happening or doesn't. What what was his um, thoughts? <laughs> yeah, Artie, uh, look when that show came out. The producer contacted me, uh, Dark Side of Comedy, and I, I, I was listening to her, and she was like, now I know what those shows are like. And I said to myself, no matter what I say, they can edit it to make it look like, you can edit this show, what I just said. Like, what I think what I, what I just said about Artie, in my mind, is very loving, okay? Someone can interpret it differently, and I don't really care. I stand by what I said. I didn't say anything wrong in my mind. But when you edit it with facial expressions, and I know these shows, the only way to make money is to, is to, you know, make Artie look like a fool. And what annoyed me about the show, this I will say, um, the they had some people on that show that, like, they had a guy, one of the comedians from Man TV, he wasn't on the show when Artie was there. 
something we'll, 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 you might as well have on uh, 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 you know anybody to talk about Artie Lang. You could have been on to talk about him. And they had a couple other people on the show that I didn't. I was like, wow, these people don't know him. But uh, Orlando Jones was the one guy who, you know, he teared up and stuff. And I'm like, because I know I lived with Orlando for a couple of weeks, and so did Artie live with him for two years. Um, Orlando Jones knows the deal, and he was honest. He was sweet. Uh, and he loves him too. I've become, uh, you know, somewhat friends with Orlando, and uh, over the years, another good guy. But some of the people that were commenting on that show, I didn't think knew what the hell they were, and there was facts that were wrong. Uh, but those are the nature of those shows, you know. I get it. Um, I just decided I wanted nothing to do with that, and I, I'm very glad I did. You know, probably would have got a paycheck out of it. Artie probably would have told me, you know, I didn't even I told him afterwards, but he probably would have said, ah, take the money, screw him, take the money. But I, he's a friend of mine. I, you don't do that. I think in the days of the social media, everybody doesn't have to know everything every five seconds. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like everybody just like, you know, anyway, but he's a celebrity, uh, a radio personality and Stern and all that. And, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know. I just why why do those kind of shows? It was just plus it was very. I watched it. I I almost shut it off because it was like so. It was like ah, like I'm like uh, it just was hard for me to watch that because I'm I'm you know I know the guy really well you know. It was sad. It really did make it was sad and and, and depressing. I would say, um, and, and we also talked about right around that time the Matthew Perry interview happened, and so there was all this basically talk about you know addiction and and but his interview. Really, and we talked about this yesterday. I, I realized how hard it is to be an addict because of that detox. Once you're on something, you can't get off it, and the only thing that makes it feel better is more. And I, I was meant to mention to you, like I've never had any sort of addiction that, that I know of, except for maybe caffeine. And when I have well, to get off caffeine, I am effed. Yesterday, and I'm drinking coffee, and I'm thinking. I was thinking. I said. I said, you know, Brad told me yesterday, no way I get off caffeine. But it's even more than that. I think you're right about addictions. You know, obviously heroin is a tough one. Um, but, you know, anything you do every day and then you don't have it every day, uh, that's a big, that's a change. And you can, you can take that as far as like if you've been married for 40 years and then your spouse dies. You, you, not that you were addicted to your spouse, but you're used to having that, that, that element in your life and now it's gone. Or you stop drinking coffee, and it definitely takes, you know, I think they say 30 days or 60 days to form a new habit, whatever. There's some kind of scientific thing. But, yeah, I mean, you know, even drinking, you know, um, yeah, I think when you get older, you always feel like, ah, I got cut down on the beers. I think most people feel that way. But then you go out with your friends. You go out to a nice restaurant. And next thing you know, you're having wine. In other words, it's, it's social. You know, there's a lot of things like that. So, yeah, addiction is is not easy man and you can always go go back the only problem with heroin is i was told this by a counselor if you stop drinking and you're you're sober for two years and then you have a couple glasses of wine right your neighbors may know it your wife may know it something you know, hey i know you've been drinking again blah 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 but you're only doing like 30 miles an hour and it takes a while for it to take hold again heroin when you stopped, you were doing 150 miles an hour, and then you stopped for three years, and the minute you go back, you do, you're right back to 150 miles an hour again. And uh, then with the crap that's mixed in this stuff, you, people die. Many people 
two months out of rehab die from heroin because they go back and their body can't handle it. Um, so heroin's a little bit of a different egg, but yeah, it's, it's uh, Matthew Perry. I mean, my God, I mean, I did, I did an episode of friends. I don't even know if you know that I did one of the biggest ones. Jennifer Aniston has the baby. It was a big one. I met all those guys. They were so calm and relaxed. See, I'm, I'm segueing off already like, no, but, uh, Matthew Perry, uh, he, here's a guy worth, I mean, I know what I make from my one episode in residuals. I can only imagine just the residuals alone. Plus, they were making $1.5 or $1.2 million an episode. He's super loaded. and uh, But drinking and drugs got a hold of him. And, you know, so it doesn't matter whether you're a garbage man, a postman, an actor, a star. Once these things grab hold of you, you know, you need family support. Uh, you need good, you know, yeah, it's a whole process after that. But yeah, I watched that interview. I'm like, I, and Matthew Perry to me still looks messed up. I, I think he's still on drugs. That's what I felt anyway. Um, but, you know, uh, it's just a crazy thing, you know? Yeah. And I, lastly on Artie, how is he, have you talked, when was the last time you talked to him and how's his mother? I love his mom, all the stories. Listen, his, his mom's doing, his mom's doing well. She's a, she's a, she's a great lady. Look, she's been through a lot with Artie and they're cool. And Artie's sister, is is they're they're doing good, but you know they're 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 struggling with it as well. It's a it's a hard thing, you know. Um, uh, but she's good, you know. She's uh, she's getting older now, of course, and uh, but uh, she's doing good. She's doing good. She's doing. She looks good too. She always was a. She's a sweet lady. I I talk to her and her sister more um, than I do Artie. Artie sometimes, you know, you have to send a bunch of texts for him to finally get back to you, but, um, I talked to Artie, I guess it was two months ago or something like that. And, um, so he showed up at one of my stand-up shows, which was, um, really cool, but that was man, maybe eight, nine months ago. I did a show in Hoboken. He showed up and the cool part about it was all the younger comics that were there were like, Holy, Oh my God, Artie Lang's here. You know, they were going up to him and I told him, I was like, Art, so many, not only your friends and family love you. That's a given. I said, you know, but a lot of, there's a lot of young comics that were listening to Stern. You know, when I say young comic, 28 year old. So they were 15 listening to Stern and, uh, they they love you, you know, they idolize you, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, it made, I think it made him feel good, um, for sure. And I hope he's uh, back someday, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's that. We'll, we'll, that concludes the Artie Lang version of the long interview. But I listen, I, I love, I, I don't mind talking about Artie. I mean, he's, a, I'm not trying to, you know, some people say, Oh, look at this guy. I, there was some, some things on Facebook one time that on, uh, on one of the uh, Artie Lang super fan pages. And they said like, Oh, there's another guy still trying to cash in on Artie. And I'm like, mm, man, that's not really what's going on here. But I get it. If you didn't know me and you didn't know my world, um, you could say, oh, look at this guy. But it's really not that at all. I mean, I've been on a bunch of films and TV shows myself. So I've carved out my own career, still still in the business myself. Uh, I just happened to be an old-time friend of Artie. I met him in 1990. That's a long time ago, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and Artie would, you know, if you, someone stuck a microphone in Artie's face and said my name, he would, you know, he would, it wouldn't be like, oh, that, yeah, I remember him. It's not like that. You know what I mean? But uh, I still love him. And um, as many do, and hopefully he'll be back soon. Yeah, we all do. Now, now, what's the problem with Larry David? Let's talk about his issues. No, I, I, uh, some of the things that you've done, you mentioned friends, but Seeing oh, you in an, in a scene with Larry David is so awesome, man. I mean, it's <laughs> tell me. Listen, I, I think I got a I got a story with that. 
when I, I came back from LA for the summer. Now I used to leave LA every like right before Memorial day. Cause I had a short house on the Jersey shore with like 10 of my buddies, 15 of my buddies. So I'd always come home when I left LA, people were like, why do you leave LA for three months? I'm like, I'm going to the Jersey shore. What are you nuts about staying in LA? I came home. I was home a day. I get this audition and it's for curb. And I'm like, Oh, I love that show. So, um, I end up going, I, uh, I go to the audition and all you do is get a strip of paper. It just says you're giving him, he gives you a tip and you don't know if you, you keep it for yourself. That's all it said. But when I walked in the room, I got another piece of paper for a smaller role, right? In the room though, was every major actor in, cause it was curb doesn't shoot in New York. This was the final episode of the season. There was every actor, Broadway star. There was every name in New York in the acting where I was like, whoa. I'm like, I'm not booking this. These are heavy hitters in here. I mean, I was the least, uh, the bottom of the totem pole for sure. And so I go in the room, and you're in a room the size of my kitchen table here. And it's Larry David and, and, and Jeff, you know, the manager in the show, Jeff Garland. And you're in this little room, and there's Larry. And right before I went in, the casting director grabs the piece of paper and she says in front of everybody, oh, no, no, Jimmy, that role's too small for you. Let me give you a better one. Now, how cool is that? That lady, I look like, I was like, oh, you know, there you go. She wants bigger things for me. But yeah, it was one of those moments where it's like, yeah, I was like, the other people were like, ooh, who's that? He needs a bigger role. You know, one of those, listen, it so rarely happens in showbiz where you, someone tells you you're good, you know what I mean? So I go in this room now, I didn't know Larry David personally, but when you go in the room, I try to explain this to people, and I think it's funny. I think it's funny. When you go in the room, the audition, you are in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb. In other words, he's Larry David, like, like you're in the show. They could, he's um, a little rude. He's a little... Uh, um, he, he doesn't really look you in the eye. He, he It's weird, and so... We did a take, and he was like, I, I, he gave you a face, like, oh, that sucked. And then we finally, I got it to where I thought it should be. I did very little. That's what I was told. And um, then he looks at Jeff like, uh, how was that, Jeff? Good? Good? I, I think this guy's good. Yeah, it, it was so awkward. You walk out of there, I was like, what? Next thing you know, I get the call that I book it, right? So they sent me to the uh, theater where the producers was a live Broadway show, and this whole season was about the producers, and I go there, and I can't find anybody. I'm in front of the box office. I'm like, this is, what, it was already a weird shoot. Who do I see? The the guy on uh, CBS Late Night. Um, what's his name? Uh, who wasn't a star then. Either. Colbert. Who? Colbert. Yeah, yeah. Colbert's there. And nobody knew who he was. I did because of the circles I ran in. And next thing you know, this lady comes up to me. She's like, oh, you're Jimmy Plumbo. You got to go to your trailer. I said, Okay. That's normal. So she sends me a block away. You'll see this. So I go out there and there's only one like Winnebago RV. And I'm like, wow, look at that. I got my own trailer. This is cool. My role's like, you know, I'm thinking good. I open the door and in the, in the trailer, in the, the, the little RV is uh, David Schwimmer, like Jerry Seinfeld <clears throat> and a few other guys, stars are in this room talking around the little table. And I walk in and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I was told to come in. Like, uh, you one of the actors? Like, yeah, okay, you can you can come in. 
I walk in and they were like not friendly off the bat. So I'm sitting there and I have to get changed. So I'm sitting there. I stood there for, I did like the, you know, like uh, the lunch meeting thing. And finally Schwimmer looks at me and he's like, I know you. I said, yeah, I did a, an episode there of um, Friends. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, you were the guy with Debbie May? And all of a sudden, like he talked. And then once he approved of me, everybody else was like, oh, yeah, I saw that episode. I was like, you know, you're all full of shit, you know. Uh, but then they were nice after that. But then I had to get changed. And I see a little area in the back where the bed is in, in, in like a, in an RV. So I was like, I'll, be, I'll just go behind that curtain and get dressed. And I go to grab it. And just as I start to slide it, I see a woman's foot hanging out. And I'm like, oh, and they yell, whoa, 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 Cheryl's back there. Cheryl's back there. I'm like, uh, I need to get dressed. Turns out it was Cheryl Hines. She was pregnant at the time, and she was sleeping in the bed, get, you know, getting some shut-eye. So I had to change in the RV toilet with, like, one leg out the door. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to go, you know, bare-ass naked in front of Schwimmer and all uh, these other stars, you know. So I come out, and they're like, yeah, Cheryl's back there. And I'm like, one of those magical moments, I'm like, I... I know Cheryl Hines too. Her husband is a uh, owner of Principata Young Management, who I'm with. You know, I met her a few times, and it was just a weird, awkward thing. And then we get on the set, and we're outside with people in New York walking around, and I'm in a doorman's outfit. People are asking me for directions. Hey, sir, how do I get to Penn Station? And I'm like, I'm, I'm an actor, but I was dressed to the nines as a doorman. And so we do the first take, and. Um, Larry David gives me the weird look. And then they take a break for a second or something with the camera. And uh, I, I look at him. I was like, uh, hey, Larry, uh, you wrote an episode of Seinfeld that about the guy touching the fruit in the fruit stand. Turns out it's a good good friend of my dad's out in Queens, uh, Joe Rizza. And he was the guy who owned the fruit stand. And I just it was just a nice little moment I thought I would share, you know, just in the, in, while he was standing there. He starts screaming at me. Oh, that guy was such a jerk. I couldn't say, he's screaming. Now, the whole crew is like, what did this bozo actor, Jimmy Palumbo, say to Larry David to enrage him? But like I said, when you do the Larry uh, Curb, even it, it's like you're in an episode even when the cameras aren't rolling. So I'm I'm thinking, oh my God, what, is, what, is, what did I do? What did I do? And next thing you know, uh, he stops and we do a scene and then he stops. He looks at me, he goes, that was awful. Why did you do it that way? I'm like, I, I don't know. I was trying to, that's kind of how it, he goes, do you know why you booked this? I'm like, no, I don't. He goes, cause you did nothing at the audition. And I'm like, now I'm like, I'm shrinking on the set. Other extras are like, oh my God, this guy's getting bitch slapped here. So we, then I'm like, okay. And the next take, I literally, the only thing I moved was my lips. Like I didn't even, I didn't, I was like, totally like, I was like, okay. So he yells cut. You know what he says? All right, now you're doing nothing. And I'm like, oh, this guy. So then we, we do one more take. And after the third take, he starts to corroborate with me. Like, hey, Jimmy, what do you think? You think that was good? I was wondering, should we? Now I'm like, I said, ooh, this guy's nuts. He went from hating me to loving me. And now I'm I'm involved with the, now he's giving, getting advice from me, the great Larry David. At the end of the day, he ended up being a nice guy. But it was like, he's got that curb personality that the show captures so well. I don't want him to, hey, I don't want him to be a nice guy. I like the angry curmudgeon. No, That's I mean, my nice guy. He, you know, he shook my hand. And then the director comes over to me and says, hey, do you know what the stare down is? 
I said, yeah, I watch the show. It's great. He goes, yeah, Larry wants to do it with you. Larry doesn't like to tell the actor, but if, if we don't tell you, you know, just stare back at him. So when you shoot that, you know, that part that goes do, 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 right? There's no music that's going do, 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 do. And literally, if you watch closely, there's a moment where my lips almost are going do, do. I was, I was humming it in my head. The, the best part about that is it's so awkward. There's silence, and you got to stare at Larry David for a pretty long time. And then I'm proud because they had a thing on, on the internet, top 10 stare downs uh, on the Curb show. And I came in number seven, which was like, yes, yes. That to me is like a, when I'm 90 years old in my deathbed, I'll be like, I was the seventh stare down of that show, you know? Uh, but that was a big book. It was a great show. I was one of my, that, that friends and that were, uh, or two, you know, plus I did that movie, The Family, with De Niro, um, which was a, a big booking, and Michelle Pfeiffer and Dominic Lombardozzi. So I, I, had, I, had, I had four or five what I call really big bookings, and then, you know, about 100 guest star, co-star stuff, Law and & Orders, and, you know, I'm one of those guys, you know, uh, you know, I bat eight, you know what I mean? The end of the line, of bat, two, bat 265, a couple of home runs, you know, good glove, uh, so, you know, that's what it's been, so. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who the eight hitter on the eight. It's not DJ LeMayhew, it's not Glaber Torres, it's not Volpe, who's going to start. Uh, I, think, I think I became like Brett, I think I'm like Brett Gardner at one oh, point. Oh, uh, no, Brett had some, he was a pretty good, that was a run, he had a run. I, I'm not, you're not Brett Gardner, I'm sorry, no, no offense. <laughs> you know what, you're wrong, I made a little, you know, I'm an old man now, but back in the day we were doing live on tape, uh, that show Spin City, uh, there was a little run there. Didi yeah, Gregorius, Didi Gregorius. Yeah, oh, Didi was way better than Gardner. <laughs> well, this is something Artie and I would have had. A, we loved, we used to love doing that, like, comparing uh, sports guys to career. You know, it's like uh, that's so funny to me. No, it's this is this is what guys do. Uh, we're running out of Zoom time. I had a million more questions. We will do this again, hopefully soon. Once uh, the Beer League Two or whatever we're calling it comes out, Beer League the series, Beer League the series, and then you can catch your your podcast. Where where all do you want people to come and and, and I'm I, at uh, you know the, the Jimmy Palumbo show, which is on wherever podcasts are, Apple and all that stuff, Spotify. I also am on Instagram, official Jimmy Palumbo, and Facebook, Jimmy Palumbo. It's it's pretty easy to get to me. I got a Patreon and all that stuff. Um, sorry, I probably sounded long-winded on this show. You, I talked more than you did. So you did a good job. You let the guests speak. Now, when you come on my show, I'm going to end up stepping over you and all that stuff. It's a, uh, I respect Howard Stern, how good they are letting the guests speak, so I appreciate that. And it's something I need to get better at. It's the only thing I was ever good at was being an interviewer, and I had good hair at one point in my life, so that's all. Yeah, well, I have to wear a hat now. So if you think I'm wearing a hat to promote the show, maybe a little bit, but most of it's because, uh, you know, a little gray, a little, you know. You have a fresh head of hair. How long have you been doing your podcast? I'll interview you. Seven years. 2016 started, uh, yeah. So it's been a, yeah. I'm only 107 in <clears throat> once a week, so I'm, I'm a newbie. Um, it was a sports thing and then turned into comedy and just what I, whoever I find out there that interests me and I want to talk to him. That's how I found you. You know what? I, I, I love that you said that because I, I try to do the same thing. And then he get people, oh, you talk too much sports. Oh, you talk too much this. I'm like, it's me. If I think it's interesting, I talk. Simple as that, you know. Um, well, I mean, it will, hopefully we'll get to do this again, and I would love to come on your show. We can talk sport. I love talking baseball. We talk bad Yankees, Mickey Rivers. and. Love it. Dan Pasqua. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you're a Cardinal fan. Eh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. 
I have to. I don't like Cardinal fans, but I am a Cardinal fan. Let's go with. Uh, listen, they're a they're a historic franchise, and um, my buddy Jack Layton out in L.A., huge Cardinal fan. Shout out to him. And uh, Cardinals are class. They're a classic team. You know, Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinals, Tigers. They're part of that original twelve, I guess. So, in my my mind, um, so I never I never mind Cardinal fans. And I'm dying to see a game there. It's really cool. So, if you, if, if you join, if you come out to the Lou, we'll get you out to a game under the arch. There you go. Sounds awesome. All right. We're running out of Zoom time. That's the only reason why I have to wrap this. We only get 40 minutes now. So it's uh, here's the pitch. I'm Brad, and we'll see you next time.